You're such a long way to go, boys. And I'm, I'm buzzing to see it. Here, we have to appreciate this because I absolutely love this season. It is so perfect because the last few years it has been like two runaway teams and we're not seeing that everyone seems to be involved. The Cardinals are probably one loss too much out of this thing. If they were at two and seven, Jason, I'd be like, Jesus, why can't they get involved? Like, honest to God, it's so fun this year. It's 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 all over the shop, so time will tell. Obviously, you're Broncos. You're Broncos. Wow. Like, look, the Minnesota Vikings, and if we want to talk about these teams, the Minnesota Vikings are playing on Sunday Night Football against Denver. The Minnesota Vikings, after winning five straight without Justin Jefferson, are playing Denver, who are just off the back of wins against the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The season makes no sense. Russell Wilson has got the fourth best quarterback stats in the league. I actually had to check that three or four times to make sure it was sure before I said anything. And the fact that they've went in and beaten, well, beaten the Chiefs at home, going into Buffalo in a primetime game and winning is one thing. We've seen the impact. And I feel stupid for picking against the Vikings last week. I really have to say it now. They shut me the hell up immediately. They look so good. The fact that they're winning without such key players is just a whole different conversation. But you're right. It's that, it's that real different storyline this year where there's so many teams that are just so on edge and every week is like a pendulum that just swings in certain favours I can't wait to see something in that football this week I'm going to stay up and watch it after Dublin can I talk about CJ Stroud is it too well, well we'll hold off for a second because we do want to talk about I suppose we're talking about panic stations for three teams if we want to look forward to a couple of teams at least you can add in some more maybe you want to talk about Denver here but like teams that are suddenly in the thick of the playoff race that, you know, three weeks ago, we didn't give a chance. I feel so dumb and I hope that we can maybe take, I think it's week three, the preview, the audio offline, because I said that this Minnesota Vikings team was absolutely dust. Like they were the first team that I was willing to pull the plug on all year, I suppose. And it's blown up in my face. Like, And it's Josh Dobbs. So like people are going on about Josh Dobbs, the quarterback. What no one is mentioning is how he's transformed the offense because he's running the ball. Jason, I don't know, did you see the highlight of the seven-yard touchdown run? It was like uh, Kyler Murray against Las Vegas. It was like he has to do a thousand cartwheels and flips and turns around just to get in for the, I don't know how many yards he actually picked up. But he has, in his two starts now with Minnesota, he is 100 yards on the ground. We know that that ground game is struggling for Minnesota. So he's able to mask over that completely because they're having to defend against that kind of like what happened against the Bills once upon a time that now that their running game is there I mean when you look at CJ or sorry Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison they've had 45 yards to pair them on 15 and 16 carries the last couple of weeks they don't have to be doing it all we know that Alexander Madison was getting an awful time from France at the beginning of the season but like it has opened up the offense a whole lot you're adding in Justin Jefferson now um, from next week it looks like he's going to be playing on Sunday Night Football you already have Alexander Madison or sorry um, uh, Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson who TJ Hawkinson in particular the last couple of games has been fantastic they are first round talents like they have all the talent to go on there but I just think Josh Dobbs on the ground is what's really unlocked this offense and has me excited plus and this has completely gone under the radar they are really really good against the run it won't play a factor so much against Denver this weekend but I looked into it seven of the ten games they've played they've kept teams under under 75 rushing yards which is like that's big time like that's that is a really safe defense and then we know what um I can't think of the the edge rusher now, but he's leading the leading sacks. Kind of think of his name. Maybe one of you can help me out. 
Hunter. I was just going to say, just just while you're thinking of the name there, like, do you boys think Josh Dobbs had eight runs for 44 yards in the touchdown on Sunday? Do you feel that with time going into the next three or four weeks, that whenever teams, defensive coordinators get a look at how Josh Dobbs plays, not just on the run, but in his passing game also, that they're going to maybe try and find him out a little bit? Because I thought against the Saints, he had too much room at times. It was a great performance. They, they dug it out. They got there in the end. But it just seems like eventually it could just sort of crumble a little bit. I hope for him it doesn't because he played so well the weekend. But it just seems to me, lads, that it might start to go a bit, which like it might go for any player. But maybe they might find him out a wee bit. Daniel Hunter yeah, is the edge rusher. Um, I'll just say that first. But I do think, Michael, the whole thing is like, if they start coming after him on the ground, then he passed the ball to the talent that I just said. Like That's that's the beauty of the Minnesota Vikings. And it's also give credit to Kevin O'Connell. Sorry, Jason. Love it. I agree. Yeah, no, I was I was going to say the same, Michael. I think um, you know, he has kind of caught people by surprise, and he's playing so well straight away. Teams don't have much tape to watch on him in that offense. Um, but it's kind of hard to judge a player in the context that he was in in Arizona. You could see he was doing some good things when he was playing for them, um, but when you're surrounded by such a lack of talent in the defense, which uh, so many holes it's it's impossible to look good and people naturally forgot about him as soon as the Cardinals started racking up losses but absolutely echo everything Mark said there the, the cast around him in Minnesota is polar opposite uh, I, I just can't believe this Vikings team lost the first couple of games to be honest because we were talking about like we had a full segment on why they should trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets because their season's over and they should move on to the future and now six or seven weeks later they're they're still going strong testament to the coaches as well Kevin O'Connell and um, Brian Flores on defence as well we wrote you'd them wonder, off you'd yeah, wonder what on. it's going to do Jason I'm going to ask you two things you'd wonder what it's going to do to Kirk Cousins uh, market because it's going to be like the injury and oh what is it about the coaching there because you're able to do a plug and play guy but specifically are you upset now because I know I feel, felt it at the time because I actually really liked Josh Dobbs because I was like he is the perfect backup quarterback for the Cardinals are you upset that they got so little for him now in the trade? Because I think it's crazy. It's such an important position. It's an underrated position. Um, his backup quarterback, you know, we saw Clayton Tune come in against the Browns after Dobbs left and it was an absolute disaster. So if a guy like Kyler goes down, which is entirely possible, even if it's just for a couple of weeks, you want to have a guy who can step in and, um, you know, at least give you a fighting chance at a couple of wins. I think this season around the league, we've seen more backup quarterback stepping in than ever it seems like so it's such an important position and he's definitely a guy you'd want to have um, on your side I just kind of fear now that I don't fear you know it's great for Dobbs I, I think he's played to a level now where he's going to be looking for a starting job a permanent starting job next season as long as as long as t- things don't collapse going down the stretch wow. so I think he's played himself out of that backup role um, but yeah definitely a guy you would love to have um, in case you're starting to go down. The Browns wish they had him this weekend, I imagine. The 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 Vikings are two games out from the top of the NFC North, three probably out just on the tie break. Does anybody think they can make a run, boys? Does anybody want to put themselves out there and say the Vikings could win the NFC North? Or what, do, you, do you think the Lions will? Well, must yeah, Mark wanted the week three podcast deleted for them. <laughs> Just two weeks ago, I gave my playoff predictions and they're absolutely out the window already. I, I picked the Falcons and the, the Saints to take the last two playoff so- spots in the NFC. 
Um, and then the Vikings have just got, gone and beaten both of them in consecutive weeks. I'm not. I don't think they'll catch the Lions. I think the Lions are a very good team, and um, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, their schedule is very lackluster coming down the stretch. So I wouldn't fancy Vikings to go um, and win the division. You know, I do think they'll. Uh, they've had two great weeks with Josh Dobbs, but they're still capable of losing um, games that they should be winning as well. Like let's not let's not act like they're a powerhouse all of a sudden. But I absolutely think they'll make the playoffs. I imagine their odds on to make the playoffs in that weaker NFC at the moment. Mark, if they go to Denver on Sunday night and win, do you think they could win the NFC North? Uh, I think that the Lions are definitely the favourite still in my mind, but I definitely feel like the Minnesota Vikings will get to the playoffs. The thing about that game though, and it's like the hype around this, which, whoever wins that, because you know, we're just after doing like who has to be in panic. It's probably going five and five they win that. That's huge. That's it's insane. Like these two teams have come from nowhere. Like you were frustrated with me for having the Denver Broncos so far down the power rankings because they were that poor. But like, yeah, that's what happens when you go off and beat the Chiefs and you beat the Bills, and suddenly you get yourself back to five and five on Sunday night football. Especially if you're doing it against the Minnesota Vikings. I I think that I I don't even know. I think that Minnesota is a better team, but I then it's like, do I pick the Denver Broncos because of what they've done recently and like? You said they have a quarterback who's playing even better than Josh Dobbs, which it's it's insane. But that's why this season is so fun. It's like we don't just have to look at the the very top level teams. It's there's like four tiers of teams, and they're everyone is interesting. Like I'm looking at it, it's like two two wins separates the likes of the high flying Denver Broncos with the New York Jets. You know, like it's I think the season is one of the best that I've I've followed as a fan um, yeah it's just really fun but yeah the narrative coming out of the game is going to be funny because the Pittsburgh Steelers we all know that they've been outgained and all this kind of stuff um, and that's one of those weird facts I feel like one of the weird facts is just how these teams have come from nowhere Steelers um, potentially about to go 7-3 and three in the season against a Browns team with no quarterback which is a whole different I feel like we could talk for three or four hours so we got that's how many storylines there is in this league at the minute Jason I was just going to say uh, back to the NFC North the schedule is the gift that keeps on giving because the Vikings' last three games are the Lions, the Packers, and then the Lions again. So they'll have a chance there if they can get a couple of wins the next couple of weeks to play the hey, Lions. That's and that's something that I you know, Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Oh, some great games coming up. Right now. It's mad, though, that we haven't had a week, like we haven't had a flex yet, and we will have won very soon, I'm sure. Let's, uh, let, let's roll on because we're, 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 we are having great fun here we probably need to jump on a few things um cj stroud i feel like we can talk about the texans before we look at one of the biggest games if not the, the biggest game of the season the super bowl rematch i mean i didn't want to class like you know the bears against the panthers the biggest game of the season last week but it's up there um what a game that i'm presuming you boys didn't watch that live week three of the season cj stroud went 20 of 30 280 yards two touchdowns and they completely wrecked the jacksonville jaguars and from that, look at his game against the Bucs last week. Five touchdowns, 470 yards. This lad is a rookie, Mark, in his first season in the NFL. He's playing like a guy that's been here for years. But more so, he is elevating the talent around him. Nico Collins, Tank Dell to start off with. We've seen how D'Amico Ryans has really transformed his team around CJ Stroud. Talk about the Texans, but do you think CJ Stroud win the MVP so coming into the week eleven? I'm I'm fully on the bus for it right now. 
it's insane because we've talked about him twice in a row on the James Gale podcast, so I don't want to overdo it. But, like, he is showing, like, he's, uh, I love it. Like, he's just doing it in so many different ways. I've outlined on that podcast a couple of times because there's more of a film breaking down on that. But, like, how he is picking out his throws is insane. It seems like he knows perfectly where to throw a ball for Robert Woods. He always leaves it behind Robert Woods because Robert Woods maybe isn't going to be a speed guy and breaking tackles that it's like he lofts it into just like, just that it's going to bounce off his his shoes, but Robert Woods is just able to get it there. He's given them to Noah Brown in the sideline in such a way that Noah Brown is like leaping and just gets the toes down and Tank Dell then is play, like they're playing with such toughness. Like you say, he's elevating these guys, but I think they have to get their credit. I kind of brushed through it yesterday, but there was, I loved the play um, that Noah Brown had where he continues playing with a helmet being removed. He ends up picking off a penalty or getting a penalty as well because someone is after grabbing onto his face mask, takes his helmet off, but it's like, oh, like it looks sore. Like if a helmet comes in, like you're, you're getting concussed there. But then to win the or not to win the game but to set up the field goal then when they had like that like minute and a half long drive like he bursts through two guys like he sees them coming and he bursts through and he beats two defenders to pick up massive yard not massive yardage but like the extra four or five yards that they needed for a first down and it's like I just think they're all playing for one another and yes CJ Stroud as the quarterback his movement how he's able to throw on the run genuinely Michael it reminds me of like the Russell Wilson of his prime in Seattle that like how he's getting out and escaping pressure, but not only um, escaping the pressure, but then like a completely what I'd imagine is a broken play because there's no way they've drawn it up this way. He's literally running, no feet, no foot is planted and he gets the ball off and it goes 20 or 25 yards. It is so fun to watch. Like they must be the most attractive team now. And it's like, yeah, they'll be playing the Cardinals. So Jason, and I get to see it firsthand, like in front of our team this, this week that I hope they'd go and come back to it because that was what we talked about last week, like the Cincinnati Bengals. Would they, you know, show, okay, this Houston Texans, they were a fun storyline for three weeks, but now they're going to have a serious team in the AFC. Yeah, when you beat a team like that, you and that defense as well, like it has to be said, like that defense is phenomenal. They seem to be playing a lot of zone coverage and it's like CJ Strouds, please give me the fact or the stats about him against zone coverage. He seems to be picking it apart and he's a rookie. Jason, I don't think Mark can someone to play better than that, man, to be honest with you. Absolutely. He's doing a great job. Um, but I'd like to give some credit as well to their offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Um, he's put him in a great situation to start his career. Uh, some of the play calling is... Our play designs have been fantastic as well. You know, a lot of the time he's hitting wide open receivers 30, 40 yards down the field. So the, the play designs are doing something right when he's... Uh, managing to do that and they're keeping him upright in the pocket I think he's only sacked once against the Bengals last week um, but I decided to look up Bobby Slowick because we had that head coach conversation last week and he's probably a guy that could have been mentioned uh, comes from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree which half the league does at this stage uh, but I just saw this interesting quote back in March soon after he was hired where he was talking about what he wants to do on offense and he said we kind of take a top-down view, but how we see everything working together is that we're an offense built on precision. Everybody working together in unison, on time, in rhythm. That's the starting point. It's not any one given position. We see how it all fits. So he's not, you know, he's not asking CJ Stroud to do hero ball out there, and it's not all on one man. 
and I, I think he's well within that MVP conversation, by the way. I'm not trying to take away from CJ Stroud here. But he has that whole offense playing as a unit, and it is in sync, and they're doing some fantastic things, and you're seeing receivers crop up every week who, be it a rookie or a guy who didn't have success previously in his career, and they're putting up 100 yards week in, week out. Um, the whole offense is explosive, fun to watch, and CJ Stroud is right in the middle of it. They're definitely playing for one another. It should be said, look, he's in the MVP race because they get the win. Tyler Boyd had a drop in the end zone that would have sealed the game pretty much for Cincinnati. You don't know if the Houston Texans would have got the touchdown that they would have required if he had scored it. So it is great that they get the win because we gave him his dues. But even if Tyler Boyd hangs on to that ball, CJ Stroud has had two phenomenal games back-to-back. And it's like, hopefully they can obviously keep it going forward now. They have... The uh, Cardinals this week and the week after that is going to be the Jags. I suppose that's where things get interesting when they play the Jags. Then they have the Broncos, the Jets, the Titans, Browns, Titans again, and Colts. It's like they have a slate that definitely allows them to get into the playoffs. And we know it's anyone's game come playoffs. I think that's when it's going to get really, really exciting. Let's end this week's podcast on the biggest game of the season so far. Let's talk about the Eagles against the Chiefs. Um, Mark, it seems like only yesterday that we were sitting watching that game or in your case standing watching the game having a bag of potato uh, in your lovely stadium in Phoenix um, lovely stadium boys I have to say Phoenix really done the job for the Super Bowl but I guess if you look at where these teams are I mean Mark you have them what top two in your power rankings they're both coming off a bye week you couldn't ask for a better moment All I think, I think all we ask for is from the Flex a game this Sunday at 9.25. That would be lovely if they could do that, personally. Uh, Monday Night Football, like, honest to God, like, I mean, I can't wait to see Donald Kelsey's half-and-half jersey, like Dion Neal's jerseys. But the thing for me, Mark, is so much change in Philadelphia in the off-season, especially with the coaching staffs, and losing some players, especially in the defense. But they have regrouped, and they have found a way to continue this momentum. They're one of, if not the best team in the league at the moment, top two, top three teams. The Chiefs have had their struggles in the offense. We've seen in Frankfurt where the offense was not, frankly, up to par for a lot of that game. They now have had a week to sort of recover and go from that. We've seen Travis Kelsey's had a very interesting week as well. The game is at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half points at the time of recording. And even with the Eagles in certain games this year where they're putting up loads of points, we've seen against the Cowboys where they could have lost that game towards the end. Something just tells me, no matter what, the Chiefs win this game because it's Patrick Williams and Arrowhead. How boring is that for analysis? No, that's insane because I, I'm actually shocked. Am I shocked? I think I'm surprised that the Chiefs are the favourites. But I can see reasons for it. Um, to try <laughs> to try and ignore my disbelief for a second. I will say that since these teams obviously last met, the Eagles have become an extremely stout run game Whereas, obviously, that's not what Kansas City is famed for, especially, obviously, this year. So, I think that Kansas City will have it easier because the Kansas City defense is so good that Philadelphia actually has a, prob- a problem against it, if that makes sense. Like, they, like that's, the si- that's where the winning and losing of the game is going to be. Can Philadelphia undo Steve Spagnuolo's now good defense of Kansas City Chiefs? Whereas, when the it goes the other way in Kansas City as the ball. I do expect, especially after the boy, Patrick Mahomes to be moving the ball again because it's not a fantastic pass defense from Philadelphia. But then it's like, yeah, they're going to have to get tested and see how they do 
react the Philadelphia Eagles that is because um, obviously you're not winning a Super Bowl if your defense is uh, real porous in the past game so I think from that point of view it's really interesting but then it's also this is the turning point in Philadelphia season like yeah they're number one in the power rankings right now and I think they're a more convincing number one than I would say the Kansas City Chiefs are number two it's just so hard to fill the number two spot from the AFC right now because teams are after losing etc etc but the next games for the Eagles are the Chiefs the Bills the 49ers and then the Cowboys so they have what a two game lead over the Cowboys but the Cowboys in that same four week stretch is going to play the Panthers the Commanders the Seahawks and then that Eagles game so it's like that could be for an outright lead of the NFC East for the Cowboys or the Eagles come that point if the Eagles aren't able to take care of business I don't know where the different games actually are um, if there's home or away venues but obviously like you're saying there going to Arrowhead especially when this team is just um, these teams are just played in the Super Bowl I mean that must be the hottest ticket to get this year as a Chiefs fan um, it's going to be an insane atmosphere obviously on Monday Night Football the Chiefs now coming back from Germany they did have the boy it must be at a fever pitch so I think it's a really interesting game but I really want to see how the Eagles go against a really good defence and how their defence is able to defend against Patrick Mahomes and Jason just to go on Mark said Mark gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning for work I'm sorry, we we have to watch that game live, lads. That, that's <laughs> nice. I know we have to. That that is a massive game. Go to bed before, watch it, go back to bed. No, come on, Eagles Live against Chiefs live podcast. Well, Mark, Jason, um, on the day of recording, this we're five years to today since that classic when the Rams played the Chiefs, one of the greatest Monday night games ever. Here's the thing: look at the difference between that Chiefs offense now and five years ago. The Kansas City Chiefs offense, you take Patrick Mahomes out. It's not great. But with Mahomes, Mahomes is first in the league for yards per rush by quarterbacks. He's top five in passing touchdowns. He's top five in passing yards. He gets the job done to an elite level. Um, Who's going to win this week? Give me your big pick, Jason. I haven't. Yeah, I'm going to have to think long and hard about that. I don't think I'm willing to put that out there right now. Um, But yeah, it's going to be... Great game to watch, obviously, for many of the reasons you just said. I think overall, to be honest, both teams have probably regressed slightly since they made the Super Bowl last year. Um, But they're still probably two of the best teams in the league. That just sums up how far ahead they actually were last year. But yeah, I'm really eager to watch the Kansas City offense in particular after having the bye week last week to get things right. Peter King met Patrick Holmes in Frankfurt after that game. Um on the field he gave an interview and Mahomes, Mahomes said to King that he promises the offense will figure itself out that they have the best defense in the NFL and he promises that the offense will pick up their side of the bargain and, and figure themselves out and he met Patrick Mahomes again in the locker room after the game and completely off the record not on camera or anything he said again you were standing we're beside him as well absolutely yeah, yeah. um yeah, so I think I, I I believe in that supreme confidence that a guy like Patrick Holmes has, and I can absolutely see that offense getting in rhythm when it matters most down the stretch. And when you pair that with a defense that's unlike anything Patrick Holmes has played with in his career, I think they really will be the ones to beat. Arrowhead is always a tough stadium to play at, so I said I wouldn't give a pick, but I'm kind of leaning that way now. Um, the Eagles obviously are no slouch. I think they look a bit more beatable this year. Probably not as efficient on the ground. Um, but 
then when you look at the NFC picture, it's tough to see really who will beat them. One of those games Mark mentioned there, they're playing 49ers in two weeks. I think that is their biggest test in the NFC, um, along with the Detroit Lions, maybe. Um, but yeah, not to jump too far ahead, but I think Eagles will be right there in the NFC. Kansas City will have a lot more competition in the AFC. And the Cowboys and the Bills in 1992 and 1993 were the last two teams to reach the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. It's the only time it's ever happened, which speaks volumes to the competitiveness of the NFL in general and how great the structure is that you don't see many repeats. Uh, but I think this year is probably as good a shot as any for a, a rematch of the Super Bowl. Be careful, though. If if the Chiefs win this and they won the Super Bowl last year and they do have a rematch in February, you know what everyone says about beating a, t- a team three times in a row, um, maybe we'll be fancying the Eagles for that one if they get there but we'll see my picks are the Ravens and the Lions for the Super Bowl so I'll stick with that for now um, but yeah probably on paper and with the bookies these are definitely two of the best teams in the league lovely um, okay let's uh, let's quickly get a headache for the week uh, can I be boring this week yeah yeah you've given us some great shouts for the Texans so you can definitely be boring you've New York off. football giants have allowed the third most rushing yards and the second most touchdowns to running backs this year. Brian Robinson is going to rush for 250 yards <laughs> or two touchdowns. Good night. Nice. I need him for my fantasy team. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at uh, AFC East. We're getting that big week one matchup or a, re- a replay of the game that Aaron Rodgers went down in. Buffalo Bills play the New York Jets. We talked about the dysfunction that's going on in with the Buffalo Bills Stefan Diggs made short work you could say against Sauce Gardner it wasn't really showing up but when you watch it back Sauce Gardner did not have a good game in week one against Stefan Diggs I wonder will Sauce Gardner be literally able to get into his head have some trash talk and put Stefan Diggs under some pressure maybe use some of those Stefan Diggs tweets against him and I think that's going to be a matchup that Sauce Gardner maybe wins you got Mr. Hess um, yeah the Houston Texans, I think, are the, the headache team of the year this season. Michael, you've had Nico Collins and Tank Dell. But I'm going to go with a guy Mark just mentioned a while ago, Noah Brown. In the last two weeks, he's had 13 receptions for 325 yards. He's been in the league for like six years now, but he's never even had a 100-yard game before that. So just absolutely insane two games for him. And if Nico Collins is still going to be out this week, I think Noah Brown absolutely could have another big game against the Cardinals secondary. Um, you know, if the Texans are the, the team that's caused the most headaches this year, the Cardinals are probably the team that's had the most headaches with that defense. Uh, so definitely could see a big game for Nico Collins and Tank Dillon, all, all the boys. I gave CJ Stroud last week, so literally we have knocked out like most of that. We're going to have to start using <laughs> offensive line man from Houston soon. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold you to that next week we get the week 12 boys uh, big hey hey I, do you know what I would gladly give it to Laramie Tunsil if you see him he is making massive massive holes for that run game Laramie Tunsil is absolutely playing at all pro level this year so uh, yeah wait, that is that's my preview of next week's show 100% and I feel next week we're going to have to like put this out earlier because of the fact that should be games on Thursday night but we'll worry about that next week and have a chat off, offline about that there uh, Neil Reynolds coming to Dublin Saturday night there's no more tickets. If you text us, NFL Ireland or Michael underscore NFL on X or Instagram um, and say up to I'll give you two tickets. 
Phoebe's coming to Belfast next week. LANKTR.ee slash NFL Ireland. Mark Hogan is still TBC on that, but we'll get back to you on that, folks. Um, that's it. I think I think that's it. We, we're, we're presented by United Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. And we look forward to seeing all of you folks in Croker on Sunday. And props to the Cedars for having such a cool watch party this weekend. But for now, Grimmy Logan, have a great week. Enjoy week 11.